Hello and welcome to another edition of Chesapeake Hockey Week. I'm your host, Scotty Waz. What's happening? Herb body. We are wow, we're already already at the end of February. Time flies by. In any case, here we are. It's also playoff time. Playoffs. Uh tournament time's coming up soon. And uh we'll get to all that. We'll get to the Black Bears weekend. We'll get to Team Maryland. We'll get to Stevenson's men and women as they get ready for their uh, UCHC quarters. The MACH playoffs happen. Uh, but first, let's get to the uh, DVCHC Women's Division II playoffs held in Delahue, Delaware, Delaware as uh, both uh, Navy and Loyola took part in that this weekend. Navy, they were the second seed. They took on Rowan after the first round by in the semifinal. And uh, Rowan really getting out on uh, Navy early, out shooting them 8-4 in the first period. But that's fine. They needed the, only needed a power play goal in the first. And that was uh, Christina Cornelio with her 28th of the season on the power play, 12-56 in. That gave Navy the one nothing lead. Uh, Cornelio, again, her 29th of the year, 4-10 in the second from Brooke Gauthier with her 18th assist, makes it 2 to nothing uh, for Navy as they continue to roll. 9-0-3 in, however, Rowan gets a goal from Cassie Gravel, her 29th of the year, and that puts it 2-1, uh, to one, cutting the lead in half in that one. But hey, what more can you need from Kristen Cornelio when a 30th goal of the season, a natty bow, hattie horn, and that puts Navy up 3-1. to one. Isabel Ross with her 10th assist of the year. Then Brooke Gautier took over in this one. Uh, her 15th, uh, 15th goal in the season uh, with 9.55 remaining puts Navy up 4-1. to one. Cornelio with her 15th assist. And then Gautier again with under 5 minutes remaining. Her 16th of the season from Elizabeth Perry. Her 7th assist of the year. And that's all she wrote for Navy. Julia Chenoweth, 26 saves in the winning effort as they move on uh, to the finals of the DVCHC. And who will they face? Well, look at that. It's the University of Delaware, a team that they have their only loss against and the team that they gave their only loss to. Uh, it was a back-and-forth matchup. Very low shooting in this. And by, by low shooting, I mean uh, Navy threes across the board. Only nine shots on goal. Delaware's defense... Uh, did a great job stymieing the offense of Navy. But Delaware, only 22 shots for them. A very low output, uh, single digits in its frame. So very low output for a, a team in Delaware that has a lot of offensive capabilities. No scoring in the first frame. Uh, a very big feeling out period for this one. Uh, Delaware did get into some penalty trouble uh, around the middle of the period, but nothing coming from it for Navy's power play. But uh, Christina Cornelio, again, 31st goal, 4.43 into the second. Gauthier, Brooke Gauthier, 19th assist in this one. Puts Navy up one to nothing. Julia Chenoweth shined in this one again, facing a decent amount of shots, decent amount of quality shots, um, but getting some help with uh, clearing out the rebounds was the defense. And uh, next thing you know, 8.28 into the third. Lauren Power on the power play. Her ninth of the year, Quinn Ramos with an 11th assist for her, makes it 2 to nothing, and that is where it ended. DVCHC champions, uh, their first year in the in the conference, I do believe, because last, last time we checked, they were with the College Hockey East portion, but they bust in, they take names, 
uh, and they're going to Nationals. They will be going to St. Louis for the Division II Nationals by way of winning the DVCHC. So they will be joining their uh, male counterparts in that one. So that's pretty awesome to see as both Navy teams, uh, both Navy men and women's teams, uh, head out to Nationals in St. Louis here in a couple weeks. Loyola had to play uh, their first game on Friday against Villanova, a team that they know very well. I do believe they played their last game against Villanova. And this game uh, started off pretty well, all things considered, for uh, Loyola. Um, not too great, but again, this is a team that has was down to uh, nine skaters when all was said and done uh, of this season. Uh, 525 in Grace Current for Villanova gets the Wildcats on the board first, her 14th of the season, making it one to nothing uh, in this one. Villanova out shooting Loyola 16 to six in the first, then 26 to two in the second period. Second period hasn't been great for Loyola in terms of shots. We saw a few weeks back when they took on Navy, they get shut down in a big way in the second frame. I don't think they got any shots off in uh, the second frame against Navy. Uh, in the second frame, Villanova goes up two goals on the power play. Hannah Medsker gets her seventh of the season just before the halfway point, making it 2-0 Villanova. Grace Lunder has been great all season. She was great even uh, in this one, facing a lot of shots uh, on the board in this. Uh, Villanova and Loyola. Then third period, a little bit more offense for Loyola in this. They get the puck. They're able to, to take it down ice. They were able to get some shots off. Uh, in this frame, but Villanova goes up to uh, three to nothing, two forty-eight in Grace Curran, her fifteenth of the season. But less than two minutes later, Loyola gets on the board. Uh, Serafina Brown, her fourth of the year from Caitlin Cavanaugh, her nineteenth assist makes it three to one. But less than a minute after that, Medsker gets her eighth, putting Villanova up by three once again. Curran finishes the hat trick and then adds one more, five minutes apart, making it a six to one game. 13-33, Cavanaugh on the power play. She gets her 15th of the year, uh, getting Loyola two within uh, four goals. Victoria Durham with the assist, her 10th of the year on the power play. Uh, but then a minute and 10 later, uh, Cecilia Jenkins for Villanova seals the deal, making it 7-2, and that's where it finishes off. Uh, Loyola downed in this one, Lunder, 52 saves in uh, the defeat. Loyola then plays in the uh, fifth place game. They took on the uh, Penn Quakers, another team that's been just uh, ravaged by injury and roster issues. But uh, Loyola takes the fifth place game 7-1, to one, and they were the offensive-minded uh, team in this one. They outshot Penn 48-17. Quite the outing in this one. For Loyola, they get it started off early. Sophia Theodore, her 24th of the season, 7.55 into the first, gives Loyola the uh, 1-0 lead. Uh, set, again, 17 shots in the first period for Loyola, only holding uh, the Quakers to three in this. But the second period, again, causing a little trouble for Loyola in this one, even though they did outshoot uh, Penn in this one. But uh, Ansley Rexford for Penn gets her third of the year on the power play, 10.26 into the frame. Ties the game, but with 51 seconds remaining in the frame, Astrid Chase gets her seventh of the year. Theodore, her 13th assist, and that puts Loyola up 2-1 to one going into the break, and they just open the floodgates at this time. As it started 227 in, Cavanaugh, Caitlin Cavanaugh getting her 16th of the season from Abigail Carlson, her 11th assist. That made it 3-1. to one. 
546 in Sophia Theodora again, her 25th of the year. Kavanaugh's 20th assist. Mary Sullivan getting her fifth assist. That makes it four to one. Then Theodore getting her hat trick. Natty Bow Hattie Haunt. Power play goal. Her 26. Astrid Chase with uh, an assist. Her third of the year. And Julia Pardo, her fourth assist on the season. Kavanaugh gets her 17th goal this season, second of the game, unassisted, 12:51 in, and then with only 4:53 remaining, Abigail Carlson getting her third goal of the year from Pardo and Kavanaugh. That's all she wrote, seven to one in this one. Grace Lunder, 16 saves in the victory, and Loyola goes out on a high note. It was a uh, kind of an up and down season for this squad. Uh, started out promising, then things kind of went sideways, and next thing you know, here we are. Uh, but Seven to one to finish out their season. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they come back next season. Grace Lunder will be gone. Uh, Emma Alexander will be gone as well, I believe. Julia Pardo. Uh, so there's going to be a new look to this squad. So we will see what the Greyhounds do next season. Eagerly looking forward to that and uh, to see how they can uh, rebound and build off of this season uh, that they had this year. Uh, so that is awesome to see. As far as the other uh, teams are, the other yeah, the other teams are concerned. Um, uh, Towson, of course, they ended their season did not make the playoffs. They have a lot to build off of uh, from this season. Two wins on the season, uh, so they will have or three wins rather with that last game win. So uh, good on them to uh, to build off of that. Maryland as well. They did not make the playoffs. Missed it by just a little bit. Uh, they will have a lot to build off on next season as well to see. But as of right now, it is Navy's conference, and they will go to nationals here in a couple of weeks. And, of course, we will have coverage of that uh, when we find out their schedule, find out all those dates. We will talk about that then. Uh, speaking of Navy's men's squad, they uh, will play in the ECHA playoffs coming up this coming weekend. Uh, they would get a first-round bye, so they'll play on Saturday against the lowest remaining seed, in the playoffs after the first round on Friday and then Sunday will be the championship game. All roads go through Annapolis in this one. So we will have to keep a lookout on that, but that will only be next week. Another 1-2 matchup between the NH NAHL's East Division uh, leaders and uh, the Titans came to town to the Den at Piney Orchard to take on the Maryland Black Bears and the Bounces. Did not go the way of the Black Bears this weekend. It was, you know, it was it was hard to it was it was kind of hard to watch in that you see this team working so hard, you see the chances they were trying to create, nothing going in uh, for them, no breaks going their way. Post uh, post here, post there, missed shot here, turnover here, bouncing puck going against them. It was tough. It was a tough uh, thing to 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 take a look at, but. Onward, upward, this team goes as they uh, they they took the sweat, took the sweep, and they have a big matchup coming up this week. They now have to focus on. Let's talk to Friday's game. Friday, uh, it was a very no scoring first period, as just both sides trying to feel each other out. The Titans then kind of got on the offensive towards the end after Laker Aldridge got a fighting major and aggressor game misconduct in that one, taking himself out of the game quite early. In this one, but the PK was strong in this one. The uh, penalty kill was great, creating some chances on that five-minute kill uh, and just keeping the Titans to the side. Uh, one shot, no rebound, getting it out of the way, clearing the zone for Luca DePasco in there. Uh, 
Uh, it wasn't until Maryland went on the power play that the Titans scored as uh, a slashing call for New Jersey, put Maryland on the power play, and then just a bobbled puck at the blue line. Bouncing puck going over the sticker, Ryan Bottrell turns into a two-on-one. Ryan Coughlin finds Michael Young uh, just under two minutes into the frame. Michael Young's 11th of the season shorthanded puts the Titans up one to nothing. Maryland would try to get back into it. They were they were trying to buzz. They were trying to create their own chances in this, getting around the zone, trying to get into the zone. The zone entry was not uh, as crisp as it could have been, but they did get some chances in there. But midway through the second, just before midway, Levante Karashes just takes a skate around the zone, comes out of the other side on Luca Pasco's blocker side, throws it on net, goes off of DePasco's pad, hits Connor Cole off the skate, and into the net for 2 nothing lead for the Titans. I can tell you the bounces just did not go the way of the Black Bears in this one. They were buzzing, though. They did not let the two-goal lead deter them. They were they were going. They kept uh, zone possession for about two minutes in the, in the Titans zone, creating a lot of chances, moving the puck really well, getting uh, the defense of the Titans tired, especially in that long line change situation, could not get them off, uh, off the ice. So Maryland kind of was changing at will, getting shots on a couple posts here, crossbar here, and then next thing you know, fortunes change within a second. New Jersey gets out of the zone, breaking out a big hit to uh, Michael Young. I can't remember who delivered it, but he goes flying, and his stick goes flying. But then next thing you know, Ryan Coughlin puts it in the back of the net, his ninth of the season. All of a sudden, the fortunes swing to its 3-0 Titans when Maryland looked like they were about to have that lead. It was just a very, very aggravating game. Not Nothing the Black Bears did wrong. It was just aggravating. That the hockey gods just did not rain upon Maryland very well. Maryland would get on the board 523 into the third period. However, Brad McNeil got his sixth of the season. A nice little pass from Dimitri Kibrew, who was breaking through the zone down the middle. Saw McNeil on the side, pass it to his uh, right side. McNeil off the wall, just threw it on net, gets past Andrew Takis. And that's his sixth of the season. Kibrew's 10th assist. Luke Van Wy back in the lineup uh, once again. His 24th assist on the season puts Maryland to within two. However, try as they might again, trying to press maybe a little too hard into this, and they let up a couple of guys go behind them, including Tommy Bannister, who gets a little breakaway, puts it home past to Pasco at 10:37 in the third, his 18th of the season. Made it 4-1. to one. Maryland kept on trying to strike, trying to get within two. Nothing happening. Not, more posts, more shots going wide. Just the pressure not paying off. Out shooting the Titans 16-6. to six. So you knew the desperation was in this team. They were trying to get that zone time, trying to get the goals to bounce into the net. But here we are. Here we are. 4-1 to one the final on Friday. Uh, DePasco, 32 saves in the uh, losing effort. In this one, had to shake things off though, had to get things going as they uh, had another game Saturday night, oh Canada night in this one. But you know, they got off to a quick start, uh, better than usual, trying to get shots on, trying to get Andrew Takis going. But you know, just again, things just not going their way, getting a couple power uh, penalties back to back. Actually, they got a penalty, killed it off, got a power play, couldn't convert on that. And then uh, another penalty going the other way. It didn't take long. It took uh, 40, uh, 41 seconds for the Titans to cash in at 8.57. Levante Karashesh was just down on the low post, 
finds the puck, turns around, he's got he's six five, he's got a long reach, unchecked, puts it past Luca DePasco, and it is one to nothing on the power play. Maryland tried to strike back in the first, couldn't get it, looked towards the second, but the Titans just held Maryland in the zone, in their own zone. Almost a flip reverse of Friday's game where Maryland had that time frame where they were able to actually, you know, get some chances in the second period. New Jersey just was able to cut the ice in half and just really not let Maryland get anything going offensively, stopping him at the neutral zone, keeping uh, pucks alive in their own zone. Uh, the the breakouts for Maryland were less to be desired. Um, just just passes were not connecting, passes were bouncing. Just everything that could go wrong did for the Black Bears, and that resulted in a uh, former Black Bear getting his eighth of the season. Uh, just uh, just under seven minutes, Anthony Malika, his eighth of the season, puts the Titans up uh, two to nothing with just a howitzer from the top of the circle. Uh, pretty much kind of almost where Brad McNeil scored his goal on Friday night for the Black Bears. This one goes against the Black Bears, and it's two to nothing in this one. Only four shots to show in the second period for the Black Bears. Uh, third period, Black Bears pressing again, getting a little bit more offense going, a lot more quicker feet in this one. It didn't look like they were uh, they, they knew what they had to do, but again, turnovers in the zone, breakouts weren't just breakouts, passes weren't hitting their marks, just bouncing pucks over the net. Just it was just uh, just Murphy's law. Anything that could go wrong did. And uh, next thing you know, trying to get the extra attacker on there, trying to get things going. Michael Young wraps it around the net. Black Bears are shorthanded. Um, empty net goal, his 12th of the year. That's all she wrote in this one. The Black Bears dropped both games. This one, 3 to nothing on Saturday. Luca DePasco, 27 saves in the defeat. Now the Black Bears have to look ahead because uh, behind them is the team that they are playing uh, this week. A three-game set in Johnstown Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, it is Slapshot 40th anniversary week as well, apparently. So that will uh, that will coincide with this. I'm sure there's going to be specialty jerseys and all the fun stuff that goes along with that uh, city and its heritage of the Slapshot movie. So we will uh, we will have to see what goes in there. And this is these are crucial games. The Tomahawks are just three points back. Everything being even for the Black Bears. Um, the Titans now six points up on the Black Bears because of the sweep and the change. And the and the Tomahawks are getting kind of warm right now. Seven of their uh, seven wins in the last ten. Maryland has points in six of their last ten. Only four wins in that. So this will be a dog fight. Always is between these two teams. You gotta hope uh, that the Black Bears kind of shake this one off uh, very quickly. Focus on Johnstown. And then try to take six points out of this one. Just a just the third third time the Black Bears have had to go to Johnstown in the three game set. The first one I think was their first year around Thanksgiving, uh, where they had a uh, a three game set up there. I believe I want to say that, or it was just a random third. I think it was a random Wednesday game before Thanksgiving, and then they had to come back home for something. It was a very a lot of weird scheduling with Johnstown this year. I mean, you had that first game, that random Saturday night game, the op- their home opener. The Black Bears played in New Jersey the night before, and now this this three-game set. So, whatever. Um, I don't make the schedule, obviously. But, in any case, uh, that's what's ahead for the Black Bears. We will see what they can do. We will see if they can shake this off and, uh, you know, put all the uh, good luck into this weekend against Johnstown. Take six out of this one. 
Team Maryland took the ice this weekend and uh, this week, actually, three games as they start to wrap up their season. It got started off early, though. A nice little bit of good news as another commit with Alex Newton, uh, the Kalamazoo, Michigan native. He is committed to UMass Dartmouth. Uh, That was announced this week. In 44 games this year, nine goals, 26 assists, uh, 12 power play points, including 10 uh, assists on the power play, as well as a shorthanded goal. In this one, he has been uh, pretty sturdy back there and a consistent uh, contributor uh, from the blue line for Team Maryland. So a uh, daps and head taps to him to get committed uh, for this season. But they had to put that behind him quick because they had a uh, festive affair this week. Starting off on uh, Wednesday against New Jersey in the 87s, they came into town. And, man, they uh, they had themselves a way uh, of, of beating Team Maryland somehow, some way. Team Maryland stuck close but uh, just could not get over the hump. It started off early for the 87s. Devlin O'Kane, even strength, 136 in, makes quick work of that uh, as uh, things get going. And that line of O'Kane, Kyle Fulkerson, and Peyton Jones wreaking havoc in the first period and pretty much throughout the game as well. Uh, Just about the midway point, though, Fulkerson, rather, he uh, got the 2-0 goal for the 87s. Uh, 13 shots for the 87s in the frame uh, to Team Maryland 7. A slow start for Team Maryland in this one. And they tried to help their cause. I mean, they, they played a penalty-free game to Team Maryland uh, by and large. Only had one late in the first period, which they were able to kill off. Uh, but 87s were really on them. I mean, the second period, uh, Team Maryland started to get the offense going a little bit, getting 16 shots on net, throwing a lot of things at net, but nothing really getting pie. Uh, and nothing at all getting by. It wasn't until uh, under three minutes to play in the second period, O'Kane gets his second of the game, uh, making it three to nothing on that one. Third period was a huge one for opportunities for Team Maryland. Uh, they had four straight power plays that they could have gotten into, uh, but somehow, some way, only able to muster ten shots overall in the frame, including the power play minutes, and nothing coming from it as they dropped this one. Three to nothing to New Jersey. Jackson Bernard, who's been a workhorse here in the second half of the season, 25 saves in the defeat. Uh, the Team Maryland then had to travel up to the Protect Ponds in Jersey to take on the Protect Junior Ducks, a team that is, uh, is chasing Team Maryland for position in the uh, South Division standings. And Protect got off to a quick start as well. They uh, were firing a lot. They, they weren't firing a lot of shots on. Uh, Team Maryland's defense was keeping them the outside, but uh, Protect gets the first goal, 10-25 in. Ryan Brow with the uh, first goal, uh, 1-0 in that one. And then five minutes to the point afterwards, Tyler Eberling shorthanded. Potts one home, makes it 2 to nothing, leaving Team Maryland scratching their head as they had uh, some three power play opportunities in this one that just kind of went by the wayside. Second period, Team Maryland did get things going uh, in the right direction, 12-33 in. Cole O'Rani uh, with an even-strength goal from Justin Danielowski and John Rempe, making it 2-1. to one. And then Alex Newton, uh, off, the, uh, off the back of his commitment, gets a goal, even-strength at 14-39 to tie the game up. Will Rosen and Bobby Geyer on the assist. But with uh, 2-10 remaining in the frame, James Tilly puts Protect back in the lead, 3-2. to two. 
as that's where we go into the third period. Team Maryland knotted up early in the third, though. Patrick Doyle, even strength from Rosen, ties the game up at three. A back and forth. Maryland really getting a lot of shots on, um, creating a lot of offense, some sustainable uh, time in their offensive zone, but could not get the go-ahead goal. Uh, just after halfway, just before the nine-minute mark, Tyler Eberling gets his second goal of the game, 4-3, to three, and try as they might, Team Maryland could not divvy this one up. It is a 4-3 to three defeat for them. Bernard, 23 saves in this one, and they had to have uh, a little bit of a short memory in this as they took on the Philadelphia Little Flyers on Monday, and man, another tough one for Team Maryland in this one. Uh, get behind early as uh, Luke Hedman gets an even strength goal, 252, and that puts the Little Flyers in uh, up one to nothing. Team Maryland then gets a goal just after the halfway point, 1214, and Will Rosen, even strength from Patrick Doyle and Luke Richards. Uh, that's not the game up, but right before the period ends, the Little Flyers uh, get another one on the board. Connor McDonnell uh, with an even strength goal, making it 2 1 before the break. Philadelphia then turned the offense up. Uh, in a big way in the second period. 20 shots on goal, and they were able to connect on six goals in the frame. It all got started with uh, 46 seconds in, Kyle Patton making it 3-1. to one, And then, man, it did not take long. 23 seconds later, Vincent Nicosia gets the 4-1 to goal for the Little Flyers, and that didn't stop there. Maryland gets a double minor uh, penalty for high-sticking and that leads to a couple power play goals for the Little Flyers. First at 3:20, Tony Andrews on the power play makes it 5 to 1, and then Chris Blango on the power play on that second half of the double minor uh, a minute and 10 uh, 12 seconds later puts Philadelphia up 6 to 1. Maryland starts to crawl back a power play goal of their own as uh, they get one from Bobby Geyer. Will Rosen, Tommy Tracy on the assist in this one. Uh, that makes it 6 to 2. But then late in the frame, Philadelphia gets two late goals. First from Kaylor Cathart uh, with the uh, seven to two marker, and then with 25 seconds remaining, Harrison Dumas uh, pots a goal in this one for a, another different score. Eight different scores for the Little Flyers in this one. Jack Wren would score for Team Maryland 6:20 in, make it eight to three. But even though they outshot them 12 to eight, a lot of uh, a lot of chances trying to get uh, get something going, get some kind of rally going, uh, was not to be. And it got a little rough there towards the middle and end frames. I mean, um, in the second period, we had the double minor for high stick, and then Sh uh, Sean Hoke of the Philadelphia got a five in a game for face masking. Um, then in the third period, you know, just a roughing here, a holding here, uh, offsetting roughings, cross checkings, unsportsmanlike conducts. Just the game just devolved into. Uh, not, something not so great. But Maryland drops this one 8-3. Uh, Bernard, 22 saves in the losing effort. Colin Burke comes in in the third period, saves 8. Uh, and uh, that's all she wrote in this one. Team Maryland now down to their last two games of the season. They will play at the 87s in New Jersey this coming Friday. And then next Tuesday, they'll finish off at home against the Philadelphia Little Flyers. Uh, if we look at the standings right now in the uh, in the EHL, Team Maryland slipping now to third in the uh, in the South Division. They are only three points up on the Protect Ducks for fourth. 
and they are two points behind the Philadelphia Little Flyers as the 87s now slot into the first spot uh, with 58 points. So a little tightness right here. doesn't look like Team Maryland will get to that first spot um, just because that's how math works. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they can duel it out with the Little Flyers, try to get home ice advantage for the playoffs in this one as that starts ahead here soon. So two more games for Team Maryland, a crucial one. Uh, both crucial games, but one this week, and then we will review it next week, uh, as well as their start for the playoffs, I'm sure, as we get, man, it's playoff time already. My goodness gracious, where does the time go? Stevenson University men, were uh, they were going. They had a seven-game winning streak, just one off the pace for the all-time record uh, in the school's short history, but still something to be accomplishing, uh, a good accomplishment for them. They took on Chatham on Tuesday, a reschedule game, uh, from the COVID era for Stevenson as uh, things getting early, getting started early in the first 5-32 uh, in. Malcolm Palmer gets uh, gets the tally. Chad Watt, Graham McRoy with uh, the assist. McRoy and uh, Watt would have been, have been spectacular during this stretch of wins. Uh, Malcolm Palmer contributing here and there as well. But uh, this whole team really clicking in at this one. Then a big moment for Stevenson. As uh, Ryan Patrick breaks the uh, all-time school's record for all-time points uh, with 89 after he got a goal, making a quick move to his backhand, going putting Stevenson up two to nothing. Uh, Brendan Rylott, Frank Fatucci on the assist in this, but 3-10 remaining in the second on the power play. Chatham gets one back. Uh, Michael uh, Lamison on the goal makes it two to one going into the break. Stevenson. Was uh, looking pretty solid in this. They were going up and down. Next thing you know, with the goalie pulled and five seconds remaining, Andrew Warfatig gets the goal, puts the game into a tie, and then into overtime in this one. But halfway through overtime, Mac Lowry, he puts home the game winner, uh, 229 in. Liam McCanny and Aiden Graham on the assist, and that gives... Uh, Stevenson, their eighth straight win, tying a school record uh, as they beat Chatham 3-2, pushing them to 16-5-1 and 13-3 and in the MAC Conference. Work was not done, though, as they had to take on uh, the uh, Kings Lions, I think it is. I don't know. They have a line as a mascot. We'll just call it that. Uh, they took them on Friday afternoon, but more of the same in this one as Stevenson comes out with a 5-1 victory. In this one, Aiden Graham getting things started just late in the first period with a mere 147 remaining. He gets goals, uh, gets a goal from Chad Watt and Graham McElroy, uh, with uh, you know, like I said, 147 remaining, one nothing going into the uh, mid into the second period. Which all Stevenson three goals for Stevenson on this one. Brandon Rylock gets thing gets things going 351 in. He pots home uh, the second goal. Blake Coleman and Ryan Patrick on the assist. Patrick uh, tied the all-time career assist mark, 63, formerly held by Dominic Brenza. And uh, there you go, Patrick setting records for himself this weekend. Alex Rive on the power play late into the frame makes it 3-0 uh, to nothing for the Green Horses, unassisted for himself. And then with 108 remaining in the frame, Ryan Patrick gets another goal, adding to his point total. And there you go, four to nothing going into the third period. That's when Kings would strike just about halfway through. Uh, Aaron Finkel 
with the uh, goal on the power play, makes it 4-1. to one. And then Evan Beers just cracking one open for himself uh, three minutes later. Blake Coleman, Shadowat the assist. That's all she wrote. 5-1 to one the final in this one. Ryan Kenny, 31 saves for the victory. Uh, had a hell of a weekend because you look back at the um, – Look back at the game against Chatham. He had a he had a heck of a game there too. Twenty three saves on that one. So racking up that they get to nine games, they break the record, uh, and away they go. However, unfortunately, uh, all good things must come to an end as they went up to Wilkes, the ninth ranked Wilkes Colonials, and Wilkes claimed the MAC title in this one. Um, this was a, a title game. Uh, culmination in this one, kind of the regular season mark, as, as both teams just happen to be in the right place at the right time to face each other. And Wilkes ranked ninth in the nation, so a big matchup for Stevenson, but just did not go their way in this one. 117, and Donald Flynn for Wilkes puts them on the board quick. And, uh, yeah, it was kind of no looking back for Wilkes after that. Well, second period was uh, pretty solid. No scoring in that one. Uh, the Stevenson team trying to get things going in this one. Just couldn't get offensive going until the third period. Even then, uh, Wilkes got things going. 3.07 in. Tyler Dill on the uh, on the goal makes it 2 to nothing. Wilkes. But with uh, 30, 35 seconds after that, Chad Watt pulling the team within one. Luke Benitez and Roy Gresham on the assist in this. Uh, but then, just even though they tried to fight back, putting everything in the kitchen sink against them, 15 shots in the third, uh, out outpacing their total in the first two periods. They only had 13 in the first two. But uh, Stevenson just could not get that equalizer. And then with uh, just about three minutes remaining, Phil Erickson for Wilkes shuts the door 3-1, to one, and that's the final in this one. Ryan Kenny, 23 saves in the defeat. So now what do we do? We wait for uh, the UCHC playoffs, which will take place on Wednesday. And that means Manhattanville comes to town. Yep, they will go ahead and face Manhattansville. Uh, they won against Manhattansville uh, earlier this month on the 5th, so not too long ago. But they also lost to Manhattansville uh, the 19th of November in a 5-3 to thriller in that one. So a rubber match in the playoffs, so we will have to see what uh, what Stevenson can do. They're coming off a big, big win uh, win streak. And then we'll see if that uh, can carry over, even though they did have that little loss there against Wilkes on Saturday. We will have all that and more next weekend. The Stevenson women had their senior week uh, weekend, rather, as uh, they had a spirited affair, especially on Friday night, against Arcadia. As uh, things got off pretty good for Stevenson, 223, and Hannah Labby puts them up one to nothing. Carly Aguirre and T. Ferreira on the assist. Stevenson taking the pace. In this one, uh, even though Arcadia out shooting them 10 to 8 in the frame, Stevenson then got on their horse after that, their green horse, as it were, uh, out shooting out shooting Arcadia 12 to 5. But it was Arcadia who got the next two goals. Tori Campbell, 642 in, uh, makes it 1 to 1. Then Kara Huanaki White uh, gets the uh, go ahead goal for Arcadia, making it 2 to 1, 14 10 into the game. But with uh, 301 remaining in the frame, Nikki Kendrick putting home the equalizer. Hannah Labby, Carly Aguirre on the assist. It's 2-2 going into the third period. Again, Stevenson offensively uh, really showing their stuff against Arcadia in this, but Arcadia getting uh, the go-ahead goal of once again. Berkeley Hibbert 
818 in makes Arcadia up three to two. But then Kendrick shorthanded takes it upon herself, wicks and weaves all the way around, and with 845 left, ties the game, uh, and overtime solved nothing. We go to a shootout, and boy, was it a shootout. 12 rounds. 12 rounds in this one, and Stevenson wins out. Kelly Joe Zagula puts it home, and that's all she wrote in this one. Stevenson wins uh, in the shootout. It will go down as a tie in the record book, but they get that extra MAC point, and that makes them the champions. That's right. With that win, they won the Mid-Atlantic Conference Championship for uh, women's hockey uh, third straight year, much like Tom Amansky, back-to-back-to-back MAC champions. So congratulations uh, to that squad. A heck of a run for them. But it wasn't all over yet. They still had to go out and play on Saturday and another extra-time game in this one. But Arcadia got out to the to the front first as uh, Morgan D, 403, and puts Arcadia up one to nothing in this one. And these teams really just going back and forth, feeling out, period. Shot here, shot there, shot everywhere, but nothing doing in the second frame. Then Hannah Labby again playing a uh, a huge part in this weekend as she pots a goal 536 uh, into the third period, tying the game up, and the next thing you know, it's overtime once again. Allie Gibson, the senior, the capitone, with 46 seconds remaining in overtime, puts it home for Stevenson. Trin Barkless, T. Ferreira on the assist. Stevenson goes home uh, with a uh, with a victory. Stays home because they were at home. Finishes their regular season 12-11-1, 11-8-1 in conference. Uh, Ansley King with 27 saves in the victory in this one. On Friday night, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, give props to Olivia DeGuire, 23 saves, and just a marvelous shootout as uh, she only allowed two goals in the 12 rounds um, and just awesome work by both goaltenders this weekend. And Stevenson will get ready for their UCHC playoffs as they will take on Chatham at uh, the Reisterstown Sportplex on Wednesday. Now they played Chatham earlier this month. The 4th and the 5th went uh, one the Saturday game lost in overtime on the Friday game. So uh, very familiar foes, these two and Stevenson getting the home ice advantage. We will see what they have uh, in store for Chatham as they come off of a sweep and a pretty big rally for this, uh, this women's squad for Stevenson. We will see how they will go. And it was also announced that T Ferrara will be back for her fifth season uh, on the squad. Uh, she's taking her COVID year, and she is using it to play for Stevenson next season. She has been a uh, solid force for the offense, a uh, very crucial part, and a very consistent part as well of the offense. So having her back will be a nice boost up for uh, Stevenson as they kind of work in this transition phase uh, from uh, you know an old guard moving out and the new guard coming in. So she will be a nice bridge bridging of the gap for this one. The MACH playoffs happened, and Maryland and uh, Stevenson were in that because that's their conference. All the teams make it. Away you go. Stevenson would uh, play Liberty, and uh, Liberty, 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 Liberty uh, took the win in this one as uh, they just, uh, they you know, Liberty was really the, 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 the big dog in this uh, landscape here. 
as they eventually were the champions of the MACH as uh, they beat Stevenson on the first uh, game in the first round, 6 to nothing, And, uh, you know, Stevenson had themselves a year. I mean, we, we it's been chronicled uh, about their, D, uh, their D2 and D3 team having to merge together. Um, little troubles here and there, little hiccups here and there. And, but in the end, you know, they had the, a pretty good crab pot tournament. They go into the playoffs, just didn't end the way they wanted it to. Onward, upward. They're announcing commitments right now to their club team going forward. They are they are looking ahead. They are making sure that this season was just an anomaly. Um, but I, you know, all the faith in this team. It's a very young program. They're doing the work. They're putting they're putting themselves out there in a big way. They're making their presence known. So, congratulations to this team. Not the season they wanted, I know, but still, um, something to learn from, something to build off. Uh, the Maryland Terrapins took on Ryder in the first round, and um, yeah, they they lost seven to five. That I know that much. Who scored those goals? <laughs> Nothing in that yet. Ryder also went to the uh, the finals game, and uh, they dropped to Liberty in that one. So uh, both Maryland teams taking on the eventual finalist in the MACH. So that's something to hang their hats on. Uh, the Terrapins had a very up and down season. They did their. They did a hell. They did a lot of work this year. They had a lot of good players in this uh, in this team. Uh, a good mix of veteran leadership and uh, new blood into the system. I think that uh, you, you're going to see this team compete a lot more next season. Although they do lose uh, Liam Eden, who was uh, a very heart and soul guy to this team, but Henry Pelletier, he has been solid in net. Aiden Jones was solid in net when called upon. I think that they have uh, they have just a, a a wealth of talent coming forward for this squad that um, you know there's a there's plenty plenty for them to build on there's plenty for them to have I mean there's Tucker Healy was a great story for them this year um, uh, Trevor Drake late in the season was huge from the D three squad so there is a lot to do in terms there's there's a lot to be uh, happy about going forward for this team and we will see. Uh, what happens with Maryland next year and how they uh, how they look to uh, build off of this season, which was you know fairly middling in the end, but I think better than 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 most. Uh, so they have that to look forward to, and uh, yeah, we will see where they bounce back uh, next season. Let's get to some players, players, players. All right, well let's let's get the uh, the uh, the elephant out of the room. Uh, Andrew Takis got player of the week honors for the uh, New Jersey Titans against the Maryland Black Bears. Only given up one goal uh, this entire weekend. Uh, played solid. Uh, I think, you know, when you look at it, he played very solid for the uh, the Titans. Uh, with a uh, 33 save effort on Friday, 25 save effort on Saturday. Not much more you can say. It is It is what it is, right? It's one of those things where, you know, it happens. You run into a hot goalie. You run into a guy who's revitalized his junior career. Um, so, tip of the cap to him getting the East Division honors. Sam Annis keeps his hot streak alive the past two games. He uh, got himself an assist in each of the games on Friday and Saturday as they lose to Wilkes-Barre Scranton to Springfield, and then they beat Lehigh Valley on uh, Saturday. So, uh, his streak is alive. He's projected to get 60 points this season. He's currently at 39 
with uh, about 30 games remaining in the AHL season. The uh, Eric uh, Eric Carpentier, he is a Silver Spring native. He is another Titan that played against the Black Bears, and uh, he got himself an assist on Saturday night in that one. That brings his total up to uh, 12 assists on the season, 13 points for the Titans. Uh, Matthew uh, Matthew Danzinger, uh, don't speak much about him. The defensive defenseman, the big guy, back on the blue line for Danbury in their only game this weekend due to the fact that they had issues with the ice in Danbury. Got an assist in the uh, 3-2 loss to the main Nordiques. Uh, so there is uh, that for his uh, to, to his little uh, stat line there. One goal, three assists, but again, 6'5", 225, a shutdown defenseman, not really looked upon for offense in those cases. Patrick Giles uh, took on him and the BC, uh, the Golden Eagles, took on the Northeast Huskies. Uh, this weekend on Saturday, he got a goal. And it was the only goal for BC as they dropped that one 4-1. Uh, they did win 4-1 to one on Friday night, so a little bit of silver lining. Uh, Giles currently sitting at 12 goals, 5 assists, getting that Cy Young Award uh, warmed up for him in his uh, fourth year with BC. We'll see if he goes around for a fifth year with his COVID year in tow on that one. Stephen Holiday had himself a week. He had uh, two goals and an assist on Friday night's game against the Madison Capitals uh, and then uh, shut out against the uh, the U.S. development team, but then putting in an assist against the Capitals on Sunday in a loss in that. Currently 62 points in 41 games for Holiday as he gets ready and prepped to go to Ohio State for next season. Aaron Dazzo got some time in this weekend as well as we book in with some goaltenders. Had a heck of a game on Friday night. 38 saves and a 7-1 victory over Cedar Rapids. Uh, but fortunes do change as the next night. 35 saves in a 4-2 uh, loss against that same Cedar Rapids team as that puts uh, Randazzo 11-13-2 uh, on the season uh, with a 324 goals against 902 save percentage. Seeing a lot of shots. Uh, but uh, fire wagon hockey with that too, with that team over there. So uh, there's your players, and that's it. We've done it again. Another one in the books. We will talk to you guys next week. We'll have some playoffs. Uh, I'm sure we'll have some nationals matchups. Uh, maybe. I'm not entirely sure. We'll have all, all the usual fare. So uh, I'm Scotty Watts. Take care of yourself and someone else. This has been Chesapeake Hockey Week on the Faceoff Hockey Show Media Faction, part of PodcastMonsters.com. Hey, you guys be safe out there. Uh, play it smart. Play that clutch and crab hockey, and I'll talk to you next time through. Peace.